Oh, so first of all, we're in uh, Shar HaTorah, page 231, I believe. Now we finished Shar HaTshuva, and obviously right now, is the nine days, the ending of Tshuva is a very big deal, but part and parcel of doing Tshuva is then, okay, what's your next step? Once you've done Tshuva, we're going through that process. We've already done Rosh Hashanah. We're going through the nine days, we're going to go up to Yom Kippur. Part and parcel of that is that when you get to a certain Darga, okay, now what are you going to do with it? Growth can't go just, okay, I did it, I did my job, okay, let's go back to regular mundane life. You have to build it on a premise. You have to build it on a basis. So now, says, the Orch HaSiddiqim is showing us that from, from Shara HaTshuva should then lead you to the Shara HaTorah itself. It has to be concretized in a strong foundation. So Lachain, the bottom of 231. A person should be thinking about and learning all the time. That a person should be thinking about and learning about Derech Eretz, Va'anava, Utsnias, and all good things. What does that mean, Oysum Litzrachav? What does that mean? Hashem will take care of you. Hashem will protect you. As the Mishnah Avah says, when someone is makabal the old Torah, Hashem removes from you all the other all the other oilets, all the other yokes and challenges of life. It's very hard because what does it mean to really be makabal the old Torah? Right? It's a real Kenyan. It's not something that's just, okay, I decided I want to learn. Okay, now let's see all my obligations go away. Some people think, you know, oh, if I learn, then my family won't bother me. <laughs> no, no, that's not, how, that's not called an oil. That's called living. That's called having a life, right? That's to have the challenge of being able to figure out a way between both having the altar and also the oil of obligations. Yes, even included to a degree, whatever, parnasa. The Torah will guard you, it will make you greater, and it also will make you b'royvamus. What's b'royvamus? What's b'royvamus? It'll make you exquisite. It'll make you exalted. It'll make you something that people will be attracted to. When you see a tamachachim who's put together, who has it well, there's a hamshacha towards him. Not dressing well, per se. I'm not saying dressing, ing- like dressing negatively or dressing badly. I'm just saying that Having that that you see that this person, what they call what they call in English is called charisma, right? Charisma. A certain level of rimmus that the Torah gives to you. Someone who learns Torah with the proper intentions, he will be he will merit many great things. Not just that. The entire world is worth it for you. You're called a friend. Umeramtoi, it will raise you up, it'll exalt you. Above all other creatures. A person has to know that a Tamachachim is the greatest endeavor, it's the highest acquisition. I've, I've spoken about this quite a few times because what's the what's Yeshiva Bacher? Yeshiva Bacher is a budding Tamachachim. And its potential is somebody who is, if he spends time and learns and, and is doing the proper thing and is not wasting his time and is learning in yeshiva, that is a budding scholar. I, I, I find it very annoying, frustrating, difficult, just, just out, out, downright disrespectful when people like make fun of, oh, that car, oh, that, that car is very yeshivish. What, what does it mean when you say that car is very yeshivish? It's like, you've heard that term before? What? That's a very yeshivish car. Anybody ever say, like... It means it's got a, it's, it's a, down it's a very holy car. A lot of holes in it. Yes, exactly. Broken down, may not make it out of the city. A, if you're lucky. A, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a where the person was trying to be kind of 
Okay. I got hit by a Yeshiva mobile when I was on my bike once. Wait, wait. There was nothing in the front bumper. It was just like taped up with. Because that, 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 and it hit me. It and kept, I actually bounced off. And I was going to say, because it already fell off from the previous guy that he hit. <laughs> so, like, the point is. But I don't, I don't, I'll tell you, but listen, we can make fun of it. I like it. I enjoy it. I, I hear it, but I, I don't like it because I think that it, it, it takes away the certain godless of what does it mean to be a yeshiva bacher, to be someone who's shayach to a yeshiva. Yeshiva is a, is a higher level of institution. It's not just some, it's a very, it comes from a very masculish perspective that the masculine, they like to, they, they like to set out this like image that the yeshiva bacher is a shlomazel, is a nobody, there's no what he's doing, he's totally lost, he's totally checked out the lunch. He's no idea what's going on. We have to change our attitude of a Tamachachim, that Tamachachim, or a budding scholar, I should say, or a Bnei Yeshiva. They're the highest, the highest acquisition that we can have in our community. The highest. The Alter of Slabatka tried very hard. One of the reasons in Slabatka was famous for them, for the, for, for, the yeshiva, for the Yeshiva guys dressing very respectfully, very put together, very clean. Slabatka and one of the, like Slabatka was like that. And the explanation why is because is that he wanted to raise the level of respect of what does it mean to be a Yeshiva man, to be a Yeshiva man. We have to return back to that. We have to be slightly more aware of how we're presenting ourselves. Doesn't we have to go wear, wearing a, 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 a hat? A I'm not saying you have to wear a tie, a frock, and a hamburg. That's not the only way to do it. But I'm saying that there's a certain respectful way that a person should look at themselves and say, am I presenting myself as being put together? That if I, it's not that the Torah Chas is a profession. We spoke about that before. Torah is not a profession. But there's absolutely not a profession. It's not a malach, it's a malach. But we want to be the type of person that when people look at us, they see this person, is a capable individual. Oftentimes, it's very unfortunate that people look at people in yeshiva as, oh, they couldn't be successful at anything else, so mamela they stayed in yeshiva. That is a chil Hashem noira. Because that's not the way it should be. Other rabbi should be that we're using our koiches for Torah because we could theoretically be making millions of dollars in the outside world, and instead we decide that we're putting all our koiches into Torah instead. Why is the Torah not a profession? Why is the Torah not a profession? In the same, I mean, by, by, so by we spoke about before. By definition, yeah. we're not in it to make money. Yeah. Correct. But that's in, that's in relation to the end result. I'm talking about how how a person's attitude, even when they go into it, when they go into it, let me let me explain because we did we spoke about it was connected to what we spoke about before. The the Orchestrikim said it's not a profession in the same way. A profession you can kind of do one time. You can learn it one time. You go to college one time, and then you apply what you learned in college, like just over and over and over again. Sometimes without thought, without thinking about it, you can literally pick it up and come back to it. You can drop it and come back to it in 10 years, and you're, you'll pretty much be relatively in the same area that you were before, maybe slightly rusty, but you'll get back to it eventually. When it comes to Torah, you literally need to be on top of it every single day, every single night. You cannot assume and expect to rely on your, your, your intellect, on your, your ability to add smart things, that, to be able to just make way. You may, get clo- you may get somewhere in the short term, but in the long run, you're never, you're never gonna be a Tancha. Adorabu, that's not a profession. It's more than a profession. It's above and beyond. But it's not, it, it breaks the bounds of a profession. Profession, again, is something I do my nine to five. When I come home, do I bring home, to, do I bring home with me my computer programming job? When I come home, I'm sitting at the, shop, I'm sitting at the Shabbos table. Yeah, do I say over a shtickle about, yeah, yeah, about... you bring home your work. Yeah, you bring home your work? Absolutely not. Most people do not bring yeah, home their work. I do. Or I the bring ho- home my work. 
or the. Nah, that's what I'm trying to show you. So you're miss. So maybe you're, so maybe you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm saying that a job you do nine to five and you leave it in the office. You don't come bring it to work. Tori, you do bring it to work. Tori, you bring it to work. The question is: Is that are do those people want to do that or do they have to do that? They have to because the way the world. Because the way the way the world the way the world works is that we have now mass communication, we have texting and phones. That now you can't leave your work. But ask any of those people, that lawyer who works eighteen hours a day, does he want to bring his work home to him? No, absolutely not. He's stressed out. He's, he has ulcers. He's dying of cancer at the age of fifty. He didn't want that. So let, let's let's so let's define our terms. When I say profession, I mean a profession, a job that you do without thinking about it too deeply. That's ninety-seven percent of most professions out in the world are jobs that you use a skill you pick up one time and you do it relatively consistent over and over again. There's no there. Yes, there are maybe ways of getting better at becoming a glass blower, but at the end of the day, you know what you're doing. You can do it a bunch of times. You can theoretically put on. Uh, you know the radio station. Listen to the sports school, the sports show while you're blowing glass, and you don't have to engage with what you're doing on a deep level to whatever degree. Let, let, let me tell you something. I can cut a piece of glass ten feet long by by six feet wide. Second nature. I don't even have to think about it. There you go. You're only proving my point for right. Exactly. When, you, when you're striking in Torah, you're always. Using you have to be fully and engaged. No you do the same thing over. Uh, there you go. Something new comes out. Okay, so we're on the same page. Okay, so therefore a person. Who's learns the Torah properly, learns the Torah in, with the right proper, proper intentions, and is subsumed by it, and loves it, and wants yes to bring it home. Because the same way that you talk about your family is—is is your family a profession? Now it may, it may be just as tiring as a profession, but it's not a profession. You don't have—you don't have to convince me. You don't have to convince me to talk about my kids. I will talk about them naturally. That's what we want. That that I love the Torah so much that it's my day to day conversation. That's what David Amelach says. That the Torah should be something that is part and parcel of our day to day interactions that we talk about, we live it, we want it, we breathe it, we eat it. It's that is a part and parcel of who we are. Okay, we'll stop here. Shkoyach.